And the way Chris works, he just did that like in an afternoon. <laughs> he was like, hey, I got this guy doing like an intro video for us. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, he's going to have it done in like three days. I'm like, oh, wow, that that's quick. And he's like, oh, yeah, he sent me like this preview. Also, in the meantime, I made this like absolutely new way to do our entire podcast on YouTube. I'm like, I don't even know why I bother trying to participate because it's just done by the time I even think it might even be a thing to do. Welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. Today on the show, I'm joined by my friend Marcus Lehner, who's the other host, or at least one of the other hosts, of Absurd Hypotheticals. Marcus is one part of a very productive family as well. We talk podcasting, board games, family, and more in this episode. Remember, after today's episode, take just five minutes today to listen to someone in your life. Listening will change your life and theirs. Perfect. Okay, uh, well, Marcus Lehner, welcome to My Wax Museum. Hello! I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you are. You are, you are a very excitable person. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's exciting to have that, that energy here, um, and to kind of, kind of get into it, because I, I feel like you're you're probably one of those people who are happy to talk. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny you invited me here. Like that, this show is kind of weird for me because I love talking. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm very rarely like introspective about the way I talk. So I'm kind of curious how that comes out um, as we move forward here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because you're. Uh, I mean, I kind of gave you a rundown of the of the show um, o- over Facebook. What it's going to be like. I'm going to ask you. Where you're from, where you've been, what you've done, what you're doing, and where you're going to go in the future, and uh, and so it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, you listen to the episode when it's up to hear yourself tell some stories. Hopefully, oh, I love listening to myself talk. Oh, nothing, perfect. Nothing then. better. Nothing better than hearing your own voice <laughs> on a recording. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves the sound of their own voice on a recording. Oh man, whatever. Whatever I have to um, edit our podcast, I just. Mm-hmm. I have to, like, take breaks because I just can't listen to myself for extended periods. Right? I've, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anybody that can actually, really, actually enjoy it. Yeah, and, and the worst is when you're trying to make jokes, too, because, like, sometimes you'll cut jokes out because you're just too embarrassed to release them to the world. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, it felt great at the mm-hmm. time, and you listen to it back, and you're like, oh, that's not funny. That's not funny Seriously. at all. I'm, I'm glad my podcast is not about comedy in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's happy, but it's it's not trying to be anything other than asking people questions. So I enjoy it. Yeah, you got the easy podcast. <laughs> I know. I like to think so. This one's pretty easy to edit too. Um, but that kind of leads us into how we know each other, uh, which uh, if you want to tell that kind of connection, that story. Yeah, so um, you actually found my podcast absurd hypotheticals kind of organically and mm-hmm. then if i remember our first email you had sent to our uh show page chris forward over to me we were talking yep. about um how i also designed board games in one of our podcast episodes right yeah and you reached out to me just asking about um what the deal is with that and i think i sent you a like a print and play for one of my games yes yeah you did which i unfortunately never did print and play <laughs> that's but all right that's i did all right. i did get it yeah and so then after that um we talked a bit back and forth and chris wanted to get you um guessing on our show and vice versa and then chris broke his ankle like mm-hmm. pretty pretty severely for considering he just like fell on the sidewalk um yeah he was out of commission for like three months he was like homebound which really it kind of upsets me because I don't like that the upper limit of just tripping on my own stupid feet is three months at home with, like, a severely broken ankle. I'd like to think, like, a sprain for a week is probably the most that I could harm I could do. Right. Yeah. But uh, the human body is a wonderful and uh, fragile thing sometimes. Seriously. Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, and then eventually we, well, eventually I got on your show just... um, well, at the time of recording last week and at the time of release, also last week. Well, that's handy. Yeah, convenient. And then my co-host, Chris, was on your show last week 
in recording time, but actual yesterday. And no, ac- well, well, I mean, when people are listening, it was last week. In recording time, it was yesterday. Good thing we aren't confusing the issue. I'm, I'm happy that we're right. very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he was on. He was he was on the show. Man, I kind of wish I could listen to what he said before I do mine, but right? we're just going to have to go, and I'm just going to have to, everyone who listened to last week, just know that I get the facts wrong. Chris's memory is better than mine. You know what? That's actually believable. I feel like that's, uh, I feel like that's believable. It's funny because, you know, I have the same story for how I met you as how I met Chris, basically, right? Um but already there are a few few little differences that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That makes sense that Marcus would interpret it that way, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of funny that it works out that way. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how we know each other. Uh, basically, other than that, other than our interactions on the podcasts, I know nothing about you. So uh, why don't we start with where you're from? Yeah, so... I grew up uh, in Long Island, New York, maybe like 45 minutes out from the city, but in, in the suburbs, like picture perfect suburbs, like, you know, mowed lawns, um, just houses in perfect squares, like, you know, for blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks. Right. And I was like, really growing up, my life was pretty uneventful. We, we stayed in Long Island, you know, um, as far as like high school, middle school and all those things go. I didn't have too much going on. Like, I, I drifted through a few different friend groups. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, like, activities and, like, none of this none of this podcasting, none of the board games, none of my actual current hobbies, actually, I, did any of them, I didn't do any of them in high school. Uh, hmm. I played, like, I, was, I played tennis was my main thing. I, played, I, was on, I was on that one sports team and no other sports teams. <laughs> Almost no other extracurriculars. I was actually quite a, I was a very quiet kid, actually, growing up. Um, I was quite shy up to like 16 or so before I started really coming out of my shell. So what was, what was that process of coming out of your shell like? So I'm trying to remember exactly what media I was listening to. Like either, it was either a YouTube channel or like a show I was watching. And I remember them talking about, um, just saying yes to things like when people ask hey do you want to go out and do this or do you want to try this Mm -hmm. activity and just saying yes and just trying it out and seeing what happens as opposed to right my default which is like that's that's something i've never done before i'd probably just prefer to stay home right and it was it was a slow process but just like in the back of my head i was like let me just try and say yes more often to things like this Hmm. and I'd recommend it because sure enough, I just like started meet. I started meeting new people, started finding um, things I enjoyed doing, like new hobbies, new interests, new groups to talk to. Right. And uh, so that was kind of like me. That was kind of like a process through through high school. And so by the time I got to college, I kind of started forming. You know, coming into my. I don't know, adult form <laughs> evolving right. into Marcus yeah. 2.0. Uh, so I went to Northeastern University up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I did right. a uh, civil engineering degree, which is bridges, buildings, concrete, dirt, metal, steel, all that jazz. And when I, when I first applied, they had just built a new building at uh at the university uh okay it was like international village they called it and it was hmm. like this huge like 20 story modern style um structure and they were hyping it up it was like this is the place to be and lucky for me like school was pretty easy for me so my grades were pretty high so i got into their honors program and then they offered me either housing in the international village or in the older buildings at, on like the engineering floor okay yeah and my thought process at the time was well i could either be with the other honor students who are going to be generally smart but not necessarily like in my major right or i can go hang out with all the engineers which let's be honest are my people <laughs> right and so luck- they're the cool people too so oh yeah they're the very cool people <laughs> and it worked out excellently because we, we i moved into the the other dorm which was like a shoe box <laughs> like 
the, the whole room for the whole dorm for two people was maybe like seven feet wide by like you know 12 feet deep or something it was like barely even one room and what they had was we're like on the second floor and there's like a hallway going all the way around and in the middle of the hallway they had like a couple couches and coffee tables as like the common room for that floor and for whatever reason our particular floor just everyone always hung out in that common room okay so we had we ended up forming this like this friend group like probably like 20 strong and we just wow. hung out like every day and because we all just like yeah. were at the dorm we were there like you know six plus hours during a day and we're still all really close today like we're hanging out um last week we did like a barbecue at one friend's place and we're all you know probably 12 of the 20 are still like right in that core group so as far as like getting into college and falling into like new groups that was like one the best and two just the easiest for me um right definitely got lucky there that's interesting so i mean you chose instead of being at this new fancy cool place with a bunch of probably very smart and very interesting people in their own right you chose to be around this group of people that you felt a, a little bit more interest in so would you would you say you're you're a people person like you look for that community yeah i'm definitely very just i really crave the uh the adoration of my peers um <laughs> right if i'm gonna be totally honest with myself i really like a lot of what drives me is getting the positive feedback from other people. I'm very externally motivated. Hmm. Um, when it's just me and I'm just kind of doing something for myself, I oftentimes I'll, I'll half-ass it. I'll get lazy. Um, yeah. But as long as I have like one other person to like talk to about it and just kind of like go through my thought process or to motivate me, then I really just get, that's what gets my gears turning. Um, right. Right. Somebody to kind of push you along. Exactly. And not even like like actively being like Marcus, do this, do that, do this. Just being like someone right. I can talk to about um, all these different things. Huh? Yeah, that that's interesting. So, how have you found? Uh, what kind of projects in your life have you found uh, people pushing you along and encouraging you along uh, in those in those things and aspects of your life? Well, I think the very the very first one was uh, it was a YouTube channel. Me and uh, and Chris actually did together. <clears throat> and this mm -hmm. was way back. This was like maybe eight years ago. And uh, we had lived together for a summer and he had, uh, he was always playing this YouTube channel Game Grumps, which is a Let's Play channel where they'll do commentary and improv comedy um, while they're playing video games. So you know, they'll, they'll be yelling about right. how the glitches are happening and all the story elements, doing character voices and all things like that. Right. And he, he was, he watched those like all the time. And... For me, it, I hadn't, I hadn't been in, I haven't, hadn't like watching those videos myself, and I was like, oh, that kind of seems cool, but it's probably not my thing. Hmm. And then after living with him for like, we only lived together for like half a summer because I was just, I just sublet from somebody else. And so after three months, like I kind of, I started watching them. And then my memory's a little fuzzy here, but maybe like a year after that, I was much deeper, and I was watching them like almost every day. And in the back of my head, I'm like. I could do this. This is easy. I could I could talk hmm. over video games, no problem. And uh, this is where the motivation comes in because I, I was talking because Chris was my go-to person to talk about um, the game grumps because he's he's the other person I knew who watched them all the time. Right. And we talked about it and we're like, why don't we try it? Let's see what happens. And then uh, usually that this is kind of, this is the kind of project that I would if it was just me, I would talk about it. I might, like, purchase something for it. Like, I might purchase, like, a piece of recording equipment or a right. game to try out or something. But I wouldn't follow through and actually get it done and edit it and everything. Um, right, yeah. But once me and Chris started doing it together, we started with uh, just doing, like, practice episodes. And we actually ended up playing the entirety of... Um, are you familiar with the game Banjo-Kazooie for the uh, Nintendo 64? I'm not. It's a... Uh, it's it's one of those one of those platforming collecting games where you're just hopping around and picking up all the puzzle pieces or musical notes okay. or whatever you have in the beginning. Is um, that the one with kind of like the dogish like creature? Yeah, it's a it's a bear who has a a red bird in his backpack. Is the uh, okay <laughs> the dynamic duo of the of the game? Excellent. And so we got together and start and just started recording that, and then 
after we did that for a bit, we still weren't feeling comfortable, but Chris was just like, hey, let's let's start. Let's do it. Like, I'll edit the first few. And we just recorded it. And then once we, like, released it out to YouTube, it was like, of course, nobody watched anything because you can't get anyone to watch anything on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. But it was super satisfying to, to release something like that onto, onto, the, onto the world. It was the first time I'd done anything like that, where it's, like, me putting myself out there. Right. Yeah. And then And 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 how did how did it feel to put yourself out there like that? It it felt pretty good. Um so I'm trying to remember how self-conscious I was about the first few episodes cuz I don't think I told anybody about it for for a little bit yeah. assuming that I would get better as time went on, which which did happen yeah. but at a slower rate than I may have liked. Um Right, of course. I'm trying to remember because it happened once we started going it happened pretty quickly because part of when we're trying to look into like how to actually grow the channel and do things right away like our initial research getting all excited about it most of these let's play channels because it's a very quick medium to do like you just record for half an hour and you have like 55 minutes of content you can release so a lot hmm. of these channels release daily so they would release right. um one or two episodes a day onto their channel right and so Chris is like, well, if we're going to do it, I want to do it right. We're going to do that. And oh I was <laughs> I was skeptical at first, I admit. Um, but at th- by this time, it was like senior year. I had, a, I had a pretty light schedule. I had like my senior project and like one other class. So I had mm-hmm. quite a bit of free time on my hands while I waited for my uh, degree to finish. And then we like had the time to record and we were splitting up the editing for, for the, like the first uh, I forget when I gave up on editing, but I think I think I did it for a while, and sure enough, we were doing one a day. And then by the amount of rec- we recorded, we actually had more. We kept we built up too much backlog, and it's like we should just start releasing more often to get to catch up to where we're at. Right. And we we upped our schedule to uh, two videos a day, um, Holy every cow. day. For and we kept that up for like I think close to a year really definitely until we definitely until we graduated um it was yeah it was after it was the summer after we graduated where we did a uh a final burst where we're like i want this game we all want to play um it was the legend of zelda majora's mask and he wanted to play super mario sunshine and we had like a week left before we both went home and we're like you know what we're just gonna beat both those games and we just we just met up and recorded like you know, five hour session. We just went and we played through these games and we, we did it. We finished both games, which ended up being like another like 85 episodes for our YouTube channel. That's insane. But, Holy cows. So like you doing that with Chris and you actually, he also said that this was kind of the first time he put something out there uh, to just on the internet and to kind of the public, I guess. And and so you you doing that, you setting this up, you guys doing all of these episodes and stuff, like what did it do for you? What did you get out of it? So it made me absolutely atrocious to talk to to anyone who didn't care about my YouTube channel for a while. Because, Is that all you talked about? Because <laughs> people are like, what have you been up to? And I look at my like, you know, think about my last week and it's like, well, I went to school and then each evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I played video <laughs> games with Chris. So I guess that's what I did this week. But uh, brutal. I, I think it just gave me a bit more confidence that I could do more ambitious things. Um, right. Huh. For me, like all through um, like high school and school and all that, like it all came very easily to me. I didn't have to like mm-hmm. try super hard in school to like like math came easy, um, like science and all that uh, came pretty quickly. And I just didn't care about social studies. <laughs> right. Yeah. And. Uh, so I never had to try particularly hard in school. And so while I could do like, you know, the same work product as somebody else, um, I was always concerned about my ability to just like grit my teeth and be productive for like stretches of time and get things actually done. Right. Um, yeah. Without giving up. And this definitely helped me just kind of like increase my self-worth in, uh, in that respect. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I know I've I've seen a lot of that in my own life. 
uh, kind of that, I don't know, doing something, creating something kind of, kind of fulfills you a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, so, 100%. So then s- stopping that, because you guys, you guys have a different channel now that you do kind of a different style of Let's Play, at least from you, what you've told me about your old channel. Yeah. And, and so why did you stop the old channel? And when was that? And then why did you start this new one? So they, they, they kind of go hand in hand. So what had happened was we had done the channel. So after after I graduated um, and moved and moved, I moved back to New York um, after I graduated mm-hmm. to work for a year. Um, and so in that year, um, we just decided, hey, we're not together. We can't record uh, easily. So we're just putting that caused the channel to be put on hold for a while. Uh, the right. previous channel, Pixel Playground. And then uh, maybe like seven months, eight months since I went home, I was like, man, I really miss doing this with you. Because we would talk about it every once in a while. And like, mm-hmm. we usually talk like, because we'd both get a, uh, or he'd forward me if we got a notification if someone new subscribed to our channel. Um, right. And so he would like send those over and be like, wow, we got like two new subs this week for like no reason considering we're not releasing any videos anymore. Uh, and so we're like, yeah, I miss it. And so we talked, we, we tried to get, um, to record remotely on the Let's mm-hmm. Play channel from right. New York to Boston. Now this one, this was a trickier remote recording than a podcast because the video component gets very tricky. Right. So we had, we had first tried it like doing like a screen share where I would be on Skype and I would screen share my screen with him while I played on my TV and then he would, and we try to do it that way. But there was two, there was like a good like two or three second lag between my screen oh. share and him. Yeah. And so we're like, well, this doesn't work. And we tried a few different things, and I forget the final setup. I think I had a webcam that was pointing at my TV screen where the game was playing. So I was like, the game was running on the computer to an HDMI yeah. to the TV, and then right. I had a webcam in my computer that was recording my TV indirectly with just, with just like the camera lens. And as blurry and gray as it was, it was closer to real time that Chris could actually like react to the same things I was reacting to. Right. And, uh, we, we, we did this, we did this a little bit. Um, and we, we released a few videos this way, but what ended up happening was, so in my actual real adult life and not, my not pretending I'm on YouTube life, um, right. I was working in construction, uh, consulting and okay. I was working in this firm in New York and I was like, you know, I don't hate what I'm doing. Like my job was not bad, but I wasn't yeah. getting to use my engineering degree a lot. Like we were usually managing people and money and like the construction side of things as opposed to like the design and engineering side of things where I learned. So I wasn't designing any beams or, you know, concrete walls or doing any, any calculations like that. Okay. Yeah. So I was missing that, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to go be an engineer, let me just recommit to it and, like, go be a good one. And so hmm. I was like, let me look into going back for my master's degree. And uh, signed up. So I, I, I applied over the summer. In, like, early July, I, I sent my application to Northeastern being like, it's probably too late for, you know, the fall, but maybe we'll see, like, in the spring. Right. And so that was, like, at the start of July – I think it was July, at the very end of July, maybe like July 30th, they sent me an email and they're like, hey, you're accepted for the fall semester, which starts, in, <laughs> which starts in like one month and like five weeks from now. Surprise. And uh, which was also problematic because um, I had one week and then after that one week, I was going to Germany uh, with the family for like two and a half weeks. Right. So I had approximately one week to, like, finish up what I'm doing on my job and, like, getting my replacement up to speed. Um, right. I was – I had to find and sign a lease for an apartment in Boston within one week and get all these other things in order. Um, I remember at the same time I was working on a board game project as a gift for my grandparents Mm-hmm. And I was doing like this, uh, I was working with my dad to make like a nice, um, wood, it was like a, it was like a barn themed game. So like the box was like a barn. So, but like, we're like building out of wood from scratch and like putting on like little wooden shingles and 
making oh, like cool. hinges and boxes and things. It came out really nice, but this was like also going on while I'm trying to like I'm trying to do this like maybe like twelve hour arts and crafts projects in addition to you know apartment hunting and getting my job in order and all these other things before we left. Um, yeah, holy cow. Yeah, think, thinking back, I think that was probably the most busy slash stressed I've been in quite a while. Yeah. And and would you say that was worth it? Oh yeah. Um the yeah. master's degree or, or the the stressful week? The whole the whole situation. The whole situation. Yeah, the whole the whole situation was definitely worth it because um A this is right along the lines of what I was talking about before, like me being like deciding I want to do something and then actually right. committing and getting it done. Um, I think I would have been very disappointed in myself if I kind of let it slide to like the next year and like didn't, um, you know, commit to it and kind of just let it, you know, let things stay status quo. Right. I think there was definitely a risk with my personality that I would just end up stuck, you know, in New York, like, like intent, intending to leave, but never actually doing it because it's, you know, right. it's inconvenient, you know? Do you, do you feel like if you, like in, in life, um, you have these things you want to do and, and you're a creative person, obviously you, you've already talked about a lot of your creative endeavors on this, on this show. Um, and so do you feel like if you don't jump into it, if you don't get right into it, like it'll never happen? So I think it's a little separate than like my, my creative side and my motivation side, I think are a little bit separate. Okay. I'll say this for my creative side though. If I have an idea for something I want to do and I yeah. don't do it, um, and I, and I stay, I'll oftentimes like stay excited about that idea because before you put anything to paper, every idea is perfect. Um, right. It'll like fester in there. I'll just like keep revisiting that thought. Um, and so I think <laughs> looping it back to where we started this conversation from, this is kind of how we ended up, um, switching our one YouTube channel to the other. So mm-hmm. went back to school. I was now back in Boston at uh, Northeastern University again for my master's program. And now that I was back in town, me and Chris were able to start up our uh, our Pixel Playground channel again. Yeah. And it, we did that for about a year. And I think about a year after we got back into it again, I think we kind of we were kind of in a rut for a while. Where yeah. the thing about the Let's Play is you just, you just turn on a video game, you just play it, you talk through it, and we kind of were just running out of games that we really cared about playing all the way through, and just the the medium wasn't really, we weren't doing anything special with our channel, like it was just us talking, and right. which was fine for the first, like, god, like 700 episodes, but by the time we got to, like, way late in the game... It was just, we weren't motivated to do it anymore. And I remember we were playing one particular game. It was like a space puzzle platformer where you're like a space janitor and you have to like, you're solving puzzles. I forget if you're cleaning up or disarming bombs or some crazy nonsense. But we had like this skit we had done, like this imp- like improvish skit we had going through those episodes of like this janitor working at a college and what that would actually be like at a space college all that and when we were done with it i'm like i really liked what we did there like i liked i thought it was a good episode where we were able to take like this improv idea and kind of explore it um and keep that narrative going i'm like i wish we could do more of that but the problem with just doing the let's play videos is that more more often than not you're reacting to what's happening in the game and sort of building a narrative yourself so it's like what if we change up our format somehow or do like special episodes where we can explore something in a specific game and uh it was it was that game and then like a few weeks later we played uh the game snake pass which is a game where you control a snake and you solve some puzzles and uh, it was it was also a, a platforming game where you're just trying to like overcome obstacles. But the main draw of the game was that the snake physics were fairly realistic. Like you have, you can like move forward and then like you can lift your head and left and right and you like climb um, all these obstacles by going in different loops and things. And we tried to spend a we spent like a whole episode um, 
trying to like tie him into a knot. Because you could like lean over, you could get the snake to like lean over himself. But you can never quite get into a knot. You get very, very close, but not quite. So we we tried to find out if you could actually do that. And uh, we released the video. We had like our clickbaity headline: "Can you tie a knot in Snake Pass?" And for whatever reason, that title of the YouTube video just hit the search algorithms properly, and that view that video got like ten times more views than all our other ones. Really? Um, so it was like. 100 views <laughs> yeah i mean still yeah so so it was like we got it so it was like it was that and this and the space thing being like they're two kind of pushed me i'm like there's something different that we can do with this channel mm-hmm. and so i was like we're like pitching different like se- segments we could do and then i was like hey if we're gonna if we're gonna change up our whole formula what if we just make start from start from scratch do a new channel and we'll do something where we just see if we can do a certain thing, like tie a knot in a snake in a video game. Right. Um, and I forget, I forget how we came up with the name. It's not a very creative name. It's just called Can We Games. So we right. just yeah. ask, can we do this in the game? Um, and so our very first episode of that was actually revisiting the, uh, the sa- that snake game and doing the same thing again um, okay. in a more formal setting. And that kind of brought us into the right. Can We Games where we're doing a specific thing a, a, can we do this in this game? And I liked that hmm. a lot more than just doing the Let's Plays. Yeah, it gives it a little bit more purpose behind it rather than, hey, let's do this. Maybe we'll be funny, we'll, but we'll play through this game and put it out. Exactly. Thing, right? Yeah, and we went from yeah. releasing daily to release like one video a week, but it was a, a more, it was like a highly edited video where we'd have, you know, we'd play for an hour and cut it down to like 10 minutes of highlights. Um, right. So I can thank Chris again for making that channel a reality. <laughs> That's yeah. So you guys have done a lot of creative projects together, and um, and you're still doing the Can We Games, right? That's still ongoing. Yeah, it's on. It's it's been on hiatus since Chris broke his ankle um, back in January. Right. Um, yeah, that would do it. Because that one was harder to do. Like the podcast, we could get going again a bit remotely, but the mm-hmm. video games, we actually sit down next to each other and do it. Right. We have started recording again, so we have recorded a couple episodes since Chris is now now Chris is mostly healed. Yeah. Um, so we're building up a backlog of episodes, but we should start releasing probably like maybe like mid late July once we have a few under our belt again. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but then, so you're still doing that. Uh, you're also doing the podcast, which we'll talk about the podcast a little bit um, here. I want to hear kind of your story because last week we heard Chris. Um, you haven't heard Chris. You don't know what he said yet. Uh, but Chris and I talked about what that was like uh, coming into that and creating it. And uh, and so what was your perspective on creating the podcast? Why did you get started in it? And how is it going? So for podcasting, it was kind of another thing where... So I'm trying to remember from my perspective because I actually am very I'm actually quite fuzzy on how we, on the like the leak the week or two leading up to us deciding to do it. Mm. But I had started I had a, my commute through Boston is from um, well it's only me and people in Boston but from Medford to Jamaica Plain, which is about seven miles, but it's no highway it's straight through the city, so my commute time mm. was anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half <laughs> to to drive seven miles. Holy cow. It was uh, not a fun commute. And so I was, I was yeah. going through, uh, I started with audiobooks and I was just like ripping through audiobooks to the point where I was like having to like purchase audiobooks. I was like, I need to stop my spending because I'm like, right. these are, they're starting to get expensive, which yeah. is pretty crazy for audiobooks. And so one of my friends or somebody recommends starting listening to podcasts. So I started doing, po- I started listening to podcasts and as I want to do, I'm like, psh could do this this is easy right right yeah it's basically my youtube channel but like less effort i don't have to worry about all the video like you know the video game in the background right yeah um and so that kind of planted the seed in my head to try doing a podcast and uh i like remember pitching the podcast to chris because i remember being like hey i kind of am interested in doing a podcast we're talking about maybe making it video game related, I think. And I'm like, what if we just didn't do any of that? And if it was just like, whatever questions. And I remember pitching like three hypotheticals or something to him, which were just mm-hmm. absolute nonsense. He was like, 
I hate all of these. <laughs> they were Yeah. <laughs> and like looking back, I remember them not being good. Uh, Would you say they were absurd hypotheticals? Not e- they weren't even absurd. They were just like they were just like stanky hypotheticals. <laughs> like <laughs> they were just like the que- maybe the question itself was good for like a WTF laugh, like when you first hear it. But there was no depth or anything to explore in them. Right. Right. Um, and so I was. I think it took me a bit to sell uh, Chris on the idea. I remember mm-hmm. going re- referencing the um, actually the comic I, I showed I talked we were talking before we started recording XKCD. Yeah, um, yeah. That web comic, uh, very popular. They do. He's like a the guy who writes is actually a rocket scientist. With like really a, wow, he like used to work for NASA until he quit that to be a web comic artist. Um, of, as you do, as yeah, you, yeah as as you want to do. That's the typical career path. The the the, the sneaky capstone on top of the engineering period. Oh, pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and I kind of was like, hey, this is my, like, proof of concept. Like, there is a market and you can do something like this. And you can do it, like, nerdy and sciencey, like we would do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to bring myself back. I'm trying to remember how I got him to okay. Because I think Chris was interested in doing a podcast in general terms and just, I don't think either of us was too picky about what it was going to be about at first, but we decided we we ended up settling on the hypotheticals idea, and then I think our our third co-host Ben came in maybe like a week afterwards, so we had been talking about doing the podcast, and we're kind of get we're starting like getting we're like uh, brainstorming names, we're talking about what the show would be like, how we'd set it up. And I was talking to my friend Ben about it, just kind of shooting the shit. And I'm just like, hey, you know, actually, you might, if, you, if you're interested, we could probably put you on the show too. Because he, he has a similar mindset for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seemed interested, so we, we brought him in on, all the, on the discussions. And I was, a little, I was a little hesitant at first bringing um, someone new to me and Chris's, you know, power duo. Right, Because yeah. I wasn't sure, because I knew how much time we had committed to our previous things we did. Right. And I knew, um, especially Chris with the, his high and productive standards, um, could very easily, like, leave either of us in the dust <laughs> if, he's, mm-hmm. if he was so inclined. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, hey, I'm going to bring a new, a fresh face, and I think it would be good to have three people on the podcast. Um, but at this point, Chris and Ben had maybe met, like, once or twice at, like, parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because as much as as much as me and Chris we hang out like we talk all the time online, and we meet up once a week to do our Can We Games channel, and we talk at length doing our podcast each week. So we talk at length twice, and during work we're always like messaging back and forth. Um, right. And Ben is part of my friend group I had made back in college at the uh, at that first dormitory with our you know our core group of you know twelve fifteen whatever it is. And mm-hmm. we hang out with them all the time. We'll hang out with them, like, probably also, like, once a week. Hmm. But for whatever reason, we never bridged the gap where I brought Chris into that core group. Right. So I know Chris very well. I knew Ben very well. Ben and Chris didn't really know each other at all. <laughs> yeah. And so it was funny. I was just talking to... Uh, my uh my family about it. actually this past weekend we were talking about the uh the podcast and my mom's like you know it's really what's really nice about it is that you guys like are friends and you can tell that you you know talk all the time it's like hanging out with you guys i'm like right funny thing about that because she had listened to, like the very first episodes was her experience with it i'm like funny okay. thing is like chris and ben haven't seen been they have not seen each other face to face since we started the podcast a year ago that's crazy we have not we all live within like five miles of each other and ben and chris have not like seen each other (laughs) since we started i keep trying to get a weekend together where we celebrate a year of our pot well first it was celebrating like 500 downloads and then it was like celebrating the first art we did like an end of year thing so i want to celebrate that and we had that set up and then chris broke his ankle which is a recurring theme in this narrative here (laughs) yep every (laughs) 
Hmm. A lot of stuff happened around, or didn't happen around Chris breaking his ankle. Yeah, exactly. Everything was coming to a head, and then Chris, you know, just couldn't handle the pressure and just crumpled on his brittle bones. <laughs> um, and so, like, we had set up for a weekend for that, and then that didn't happen. And now Chris is back in action, but we still haven't set up a uh, a new weekend to do our uh, to do our get together where we go out and probably just drink heavily. I think would be the plan. That's hilarious. You know, uh, Chris mentioned the same thing. He he said, he said, yeah, Marcus is constantly trying to get us to actually meet in person again and like hang out. Uh, but he says it just never works out, never pans out. And now we know why. It's the broken ankle. <laughs> exactly. Because every time we try, something dreadful happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One for one so far. That's hilarious. So so you have this podcast, and it's clear listening to it that you guys get along fantastic. Um, you play off of each other really well. Um, and what, I don't know, with all of your creative things, because you mentioned board games as well. Oh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't even of, unpacked that box yet. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, let's, let's get into that a little bit. And then I want to know, like, where you want to take all of this creative stuff. Yeah, so, all right. Um rewinding a bit back to early college back to like 21 year old marcus mm-hmm. um i was always a gamer growing up um i like playing a lot of video games i played like the legend of zelda through like eighty-seven thousand times yeah um and spent as i said i was a quiet kid so i spent many many an evening playing uh video games in my bedroom that's not a euphemism that I was actually playing video games. <laughs> That's what you were actually doing, yeah. Um, and I liked board games, but I didn't play a lot of board games. Um, again, all through high school. And I played just the basic stuff. Like, we had, like, Monopoly, Stratego, like, even Risk. I didn't play a lot of Risk uh, and things of that nature. Right. And then my older sister, Sonia, um, started dating this guy from college. And my, my older sister was never, uh, as I had known her at the time, not into, like, a lot of the nerdy stuff. Like, she was pretty, mm-hmm. you know, not geeky. And right. she brings this guy home, and he's, like, gaming, and, like, he's got, like, a dragon t-shirt on, and he brought to our, into our family the, the, the board game Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Which yep. anybody who knows board games know that this is the number one gateway board game to the entire uh, slippery slope from there. Yes, yeah. And so, um, for anyone who doesn't know, like the there's this they call them Euro games where you have your board games like Monopoly, Candyland, uh, Risk, uh, Stratego, stuff like that, Life yep. that everyone plays, but. Board games, actually, those are, like, all the badly designed board games. They're popular, but they're actually very poorly designed. Yeah. Then you have the Germans, mostly, do the Euro games, where you have, like, now you're getting into, like, depth of strategy. Like, you're trading, you're managing resources, you're growing a city. And they had all these new mechanics that, as an adult, I'm like, this is great. This is, like, strategy, and I'm, like, trading with people, and it's, like, tough. Mm-hmm. And it really got my gears turning. Um and so he brought he brought that kind of into our family. So now I started playing a lot more board games in my college life. And that and like some video games, I had downloaded like a couple like uh like simple game making programs just like to fiddle with here and there. But okay. since it was a project that I was just doing myself, it never went anywhere. Um Of course. <laughs> and so as I want to do, I'm like, Psh, I could do that. <laughs> I can make games. Yeah. And uh, my senior year of college, I had a light schedule. I had, like, a just literally a free elective. I was, like, talking to my guidance counselor. I'm like, what do I take? And she's like, literally any class, it's just four credits, and you have no other requirements left. So wow. I took, like, a game design 101 course because I'm like, this seems, like, easy and fun, and I'll just have a good time with that. Yeah. And so I did. Um, and part of our – one of our projects for that class was to design a board game. Um. And so once I started doing that, I was like, I got that school project. I got overly ambitious with it. And I remember like it was the assignment was like, you know, write like a page about your, you know, about how your game would work maybe. And, you know, kind of your Mm -hmm. thoughts of where to go for it. 
And like I went in to him, like to meet with him to discuss it. And I had like card templates printed out, and I had like a five-page rule book, and I had like cards and this and this and that, and all these crazy ideas. Um, and he was like, and I, he wasn't exci- as excited about it as I expected, which I now yeah. know, like looking back, I had made just all the everyone makes the same design mistakes when they make their first board game. Because everyone's okay. excited about generally the same things. Like, the type of person who makes a board game is excited about, like, mechanics and subtleties and components and adding this thing to handle that, adding this to handle that. And suddenly you have 85 right. things stapled into a blo- blobbous mass of unplayable garbage. Um, right. But I was very excited for my game. I had, like, spreadsheets for quote-unquote balancing. I had, like card lists i had all these things going for it and holy cow um i forget what i got on the project i think i think everyone's got a's on everything in that class so i think i got an a um but after the class was done maybe eight months afterwards um Mm -hmm. my sister was getting married to yeah to the geeky board game guy he brought home she brought home perfect I got in my head. I'm like, I'm going to make them a board game for as a wedding gift. And so now I redoubled down. I got my game working. I have like my design going. I had the cards like templated out. And then the last thing we had to do was actually do the artwork for the game. And we had like maybe 50 unique different cards that needed artwork and then like the the templates and like the box art and the rule book and all this stuff and we wanted to get it all like have artwork for everything we wanted to look like a finished game yeah and so i went home to my family um who i can't draw for anything but they are much they can all draw so it was me my little sister katya and my parents and I i i like told them about the idea like they play tested like the prototype version and they're like you know being supportive of me they're like oh do you need help like we'll help you with the uh with the artwork and stuff we'll help you make it and i was like awesome that'd be great and i don't think they really knew what they were signing up for when they said yes i'll help you with your artwork yep (laughs) because we spent and from there we kind of just we had like a like war room set up in our kitchen where we had just like the boxes of colored pencils in the center of the table. And we would just sit at each side table, each of us doing a different piece of art, like one after the other, like what's next in the card list, right? I'm going to do that one. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do that one. And then I was like scanning them in, putting them on the card templates. And this whole thing was a surprise for my sister. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because unlike me, the rest of my family is very, they're very, they're like go-getters. Like you ask them about, you mentioned doing something to them and you turn around and it's going to be done. It's like, they're like, yeah, we're thinking about like redoing like the basement sometime in the next year or something. And then like, I'll yeah. go over like three days later and like the walls will be repainted already. <laughs> really? Holy cow. Uh, so they're like big on the home projects and just all these creative endeavors. And uh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. It's great. I can't wait till I have like a house where, you know, I can get like, like they'll, cause they're like doing renovations. My sister got a house, um, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years now. And yeah. like my grandfather built her like this beautiful kitchen table with my dad and like benches. We last time we we're down there, we we're painting that we we're painting and doing the floors in the basement. We were like, like all these renovation projects and they all came out really nice at the end. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the general speed of my parents doing like, you know, these arts and craftsy things. And that's of course, that's for, amazing. So of course for my sister's wedding, there's going to, of course, be lots of arts and crafts, like the centerpieces, and my dad was making signs and, like, little, this, like, knickknacks here, knickknacks there. And so my sister will call, and she'll be like, hey, how's it coming? Like, just curious, like, you know, if you've had a chance to, like, work on those signs or, like, how's it coming along? You know, just seeing, like, the progress. And my parents are, like, you know, scooting the, 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 the colored pencil side, being like, yeah, you know, we've just kind of been busy. Like, we haven't had a chance to get to it. And so, like, after, like, the <laughs> wedding's approaching, and it's, like, getting closer to the date, and it's, like, she's still getting that answer, and she's, like, I want I don't, what's up with mom and dad? Are they, like, not, do they not want to help with the wedding? Are they, like, not excited about doing these things? Because, like, I can do them if they don't want to do them. And because they were so busy helping with the artwork, they weren't getting to, like, the other projects that she knew about. 
That's awesome. So she actually thought like something was like subtly, like something was stirring underneath, like something was wrong with the family. That's, oh man, that's hilarious that they're so busy working on <laughs> other things for her that they can't work on the, you know, the other things for things. her. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So like, clearly you come from a creative family um, and, and a family that builds things and, and you're, we got into the board games, we got into the podcast and the video games. Like, where do you, where do you want this to go? with your with your future so at this at this point in my time so kind of the way i look at all these hobbies is my goal is to do all of them in a professional manner i'm not gonna say do them professionally but do them in a professional manner so Hmm. the idea is when i design board games i do them in a way where the steps i'm taking would be the steps you would take to get a board game published so right um you know I'll do the prototypes. I'll get them play tested. There's a really great group in Boston, the uh, the Game Makers Guild, where it's a bunch of designers. Maybe like probably the group altogether is like 50 designers and play test and plus play testers on top of that that will meet and play games with each other. Um, a lot of them already having published board games, and so I got a lot of good just like insight about what how to make a game like marketable and how to actually finish a board game. And right. so I'll design a board game. I'll do the prototypes with them. I'll get it in shape to like quote unquote present to publishers. Um, the main method of doing that is going to conventions like, uh, the Boston festival of indie games. When I went to, it was like 3000 attendees. Um, hmm. so I had, I actually had the game that I, that I sent over to you, uh, D enabled was the game I showcased there. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm taking steps towards like publishing where, um, I could be putting more effort towards it, but it's not like, it wouldn't be absolutely out of their own possibility that a publishing company would be like, Hey, I saw your game here. I'd be interested in producing it. In which case, I would hand it off to the publishing company for the board game. Right. And they would produce it and sell it, and then I would get like royalties off of that. Which would be way cool. That would be super cool. Apparently, the royalty checks are yeah. nothing, though. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, but it's still a thing just oh, no, to say so, you get royalty checks, it would right? Be so, it would be so amazing and wild. Um, yeah. And so I'm kind of approaching everything else kind of the same way. So... Our like our YouTube channel, um, it's probably the one we do the least like quote unquote marketing with or you know real pushing to get it like out there. Right. But you know we have we have a you know a professional logo. We have like an intro. We have a like sustainable format. We release you know we release on schedule like every week, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of like if people if it caught on it would be comparable to a you know a successful YouTube channel. Where the quality right. the quality is there, but it's the internet, so you have to you have to you can do all you have to do everything right, and then you have to get lucky, and then you can have success. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the that's the big bit of it, right? I I like what you said about doing it in a professional manner, not necessarily professionally, but doing it in a professional manner, right? Having it so that if it was ever to get picked up, you'd look at it and you'd say, "Boy, this is really high quality," right? Exactly. And, and, and I, I, I think that shines through in everything you guys do. Yeah, well, again, I'll, I'll mostly thank Chris for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, I'll thank Chris for it. He's, it and it's crazy, too. Like like I said, like where he'll just get it, he'll just go and do it. Like our, uh, So he, he was doing his... Actually, probably on the Nerd Chomp site where our, where, the, where our YouTube channel is, where my games are, where the podcast is, where Chris's books are. Probably the most, quote-unquote, successful of those is Chris's books. Um, hmm, really? Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I know his, I know his downloads, um, like, are in the four digits for his ebook. So you know, it's like real, real people are like a real amount of people are downloading them. He won some uh, like sci-fi, like indie sci-fi author contest and got like featured on Amazon for a while. Good for uh, him. Yes. Yeah, so he 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 probably didn't even gloat about it when he was on, but. Uh, no, he didn't even tell me anything about that. <laughs> we did talk about the books, but he didn't gloat about anything. But it's good, so you're good. It's good you're gloating for him now. Yeah, so he he gets to be he he can stay home. I'll gloat, I'll gloat for his books for him. But yeah, no, it's he really is. He really his books are good. He's a talented author. Um, the ones I've read, I've enjoyed. I haven't read all of them yet. I'm a, I'm a bad friend. But he hasn't played Terrible. all my board games, so tit for tat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you get. That's what you get. 
Um, I forget what my point was. I had a point. Oh, right. So Chris, so that was the main thing. And Chris definitely put the most, um, or started his efforts in marketing and getting his stuff, like, you know, breaking through the, the search engine optimization stuff started with his books. And that's right. where he got like a, the, uh, to the moon publishing logo. Uh, he set up like his first website for his books. And then once he had that going, he was like, you know, I could do this for the podcast and, yeah. um, or the YouTube channel. And that when we started talking about the podcast, it was like, well, now we have enough things to kind of make a site. And then he offered to put my games on it. And then he got me in touch with like the logo artist and, uh, things of that nature. And so he kind of just brought, he brings the professionalism up into it, its final form. Um, I mostly just show up and talk into a microphone. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I mean, you're part of the team, right? And 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 I think it's great that you guys have come together on these projects in that way uh, to to work together to create these awesome things. So to to wrap up the show here, um, I want to jump way way forward. This is something I ask pretty much all of my guests is you're 80 years old and you're looking back at the bulk of your life, all these things you've done, all the things you've tried and said and experienced. And, uh, and I want to know what are you most proud of? Who that's a deep question. That's a deep question. Um, so I, I think, I think I'm going to bring it all the way back. To, to our very early conversation, I think it's just, I think I'm most proud of myself for starting to say yes to things. I think hmm. going from relatively shy to now having a lot of recording of myself on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was like my transition from, you know, adolescence into adulthood was just coming to terms with being comfortable enough with myself to get out there, put myself out there. Um, and just do what I like to do. Right. Hmm. So say yes. Everyone say yes to things. Unless you're you're consenting for sex or something, in which case, say what you want to say. Don't feel pressured to do one thing or the other. Is that good advice? Are we... Uh... I think that's excellent advice. <laughs> are, we an, yeah. are we an advice podcast now? <laughs> think about what you want and do that. No, there's no better way to make yourself happier. By default, it will make you happier. By definition. If you do what you want, that's true. you'll be better off. That, that's, yep, yeah, that's true. I'm just trying to think: Are there any ways he could be wrong? Hmm. No, I think that's well, right. <laughs> unless the things you Maybe. want to do, you know, you shouldn't be doing, and could have a very negative impact on the people around you. Like, right. I mean, stabbing. I mean, if you want so, to go, if you really want to go around stabbing people. Just maybe give that one a second thought. Maybe maybe find another yeah. outlet like pottery or painting is nice to do paint classes now um you could do podcasting too yeah podcasting great stress relief it is it is actually great i love it uh yeah so i mean say yes to a lot of things but say no to a lot of things as well drugs um drug yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) the wrong school um you know yes bad haircuts Exactly. This this is this is the part where my com- my comedy podcast is just one hour in is where my brain is stopped to fire on all the cylinders, and I'm right. just defaulting to <laughs> word association jokes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, everybody, like seriously, go check out Absurd Hypotheticals. You can find everything that Marcus and Chris do on nerdchomp.com. Um, And yeah, it's really fantastic what you guys are doing. And thank you for being on the show. Yeah, exactly. And if you and if you like Alex more than me and Chris, you can still listen to our absurd hypothetical show by listening to episode 50 where Alex is on as a guest. (laughs) It's true. Actually, I'm so excited to listen through that one. I'm excited to share it with my mom. I think she'll appreciate it. I couldn't ask for a higher recommendation than that. It's you know what you're right. That's right. I hope you share this with your mom. I hope I do too. If I can get my mom to listen <laughs> to any more of my podcast, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> just just listen to anything, please, mom. Mom, please. You know, I, I'm in the same boat. No, please, mom. I'll get a job soon. Just listen to this. But I'm doing this instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's awesome. Well, okay, but seriously, yeah, thanks for being on the show, Marcus. Oh, thanks. I had had a great time. And thank you for listening, not just to the show, but to the people around you, the people that you see day to day. It's amazing the stories they have to tell, the life that they've lived, the life that you've lived. Share that life with others and let others share their life with you. Remember, take just five minutes today to listen to someone around you.